20 yards out! Yeah! That is a jewel from Tim On Halftime, the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego from Fortiegos.com. For auction your car, car auction this Saturday. Oh, just try satisfying Carlos Alberto Diego from the Fortiegos at Fortiegos on Twitter, Fortiegos.com. Of course, Wednesday nights, 11 till 12 on SEN. The Four Diego's get together, the band gets back together. Carlos, good afternoon to you. How are you, half? Uh, it was a miracle I'm here. It's an absolute well, miracle. How did you do it? Uh, the, was, it the, was it the groin? The I, power just, of the I, groin? I just wish that I had such evasive skills when I was playing. <laughs> I think I jumped cars to I, get here. From what I'm hearing of the situation in the roads, <laughs> that is the only logical explanation yep. that you're able to somehow elevate I know. and drive across. Gee, you know, I hate Melbourne sometimes. Just the traffic. No, Trying to get here. We can't pick the chemical spills on the freeway. I know, but still, there's got to be another that. way. There's got to be another way when uh, it's not good enough you've got a car park and you've got to get to places. You know, you're sitting in the car park on a freeway and you've got to get to places. You know? That's annoying. By the way, it's I. annoying. But one thing that did calm me a little bit was listening to the great man, Les Murray. He's got a very soothing voice, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. When he talks. Yeah. Very I'll, soothing voice. It's like, um, for me, because obviously, you know, I was one of those guys when he first. Uh, you know, got the gig at SBS, and and suddenly we had football. You yeah. know, you know Italian football on Sunday mornings, and we had, you know, all the big World Cups, and when no one else really wanted to broadcast it. So, you know, you talk about that soothing voice of your mother, or your, that soothing voice of your dad. You know, the assuring voice of your, of your dad, and you, the soothing voice of your mum. Particularly when you're in the womb. Yeah, you know, you when you when you're a little kid, and you're sort of just sitting there, and and uh, and your mum's there, just calming you down and just stroking your head or whatever. Uh, that's a little bit of Les for me too. You like to see Les just stroking? Yeah, just stroking the head. Yeah, as a fifty-one-year-old yet. So, and by the way, uh, if that gig is available, by oh, the way, it's available. <laughs> It's available. Oh, no, I reckon Fozzie's put his hand up yeah, and yeah, take over. Yeah, they're, they're lining up over there. But, oh, uh, got him covered. I'd, I'd like to negotiate the TV rights, to tell you the truth. How much fun would that be? He was talking about that. It was amazing. Yeah, I think you'll find now, because Les was very clever, uh, or SBS, and I'm, I'm assuming from what Les was saying, is very clever, because they locked up about four World Cups. <laughs> they, they, about four, uh, four, yeah, four decades ago, they locked out four lo- World Cups. So even when you know Channel 9 a few years ago... Uh, they were dabbling in it, and they showed a few of the games. Uh, they didn't have the full rights. They had to actually buy those games from SBS. So right. uh, SBS have done very well. But I think once Les goes, who knows? And uh, and given the, the fact that the game's getting bigger and bigger all the time, uh, you might get some pay TV, uh, not, not pay TV, free-to-air free TV, to wear, yeah. uh, other than ABC, um, you know, the 9s and the 10s and the 7s that might uh, want to start putting their hand up. And if you're going to do that, do it properly. Just do it properly, okay? Just do it I'm, properly? I'm, I'm pointing the finger you are right pointing now. You're pointing the finger yeah. at me. I'm not yeah. sure what I've done wrong you, yet, but. No, no, no. Just. No, you're pointing at me. No, no, no. You, <laughs> are, you, are, you are channel 7 and 10. You are, you know, that. Uh, you're, you're representing those right now in front of me. Right uh, if you're going to do it, do it well. I'll do that. Don't, don't skimp. Don't, uh, don't treat it with disrespect. Uh, otherwise, you're going to get another situation as Channel 7 did, you know, decades ago when they had the rights in the cell and they just. Uh, just 
you know, uh, iced it, iced it on, uh, you know, whenever they wanted to show it, and they didn't put too much uh, work into the presentation, the production of it, and uh, it really, for those people who were at that time as frustrated as I was, uh, it, it did, uh, you know, uh, bring about that campaign. You know, no one screws football more like seven. Was yeah, it a campaign? yeah, there was a campaign. No one screws soccer like seven or something like that. And there were right? stickers, there were bumper stickers, and the whole thing. So uh, that really hurt a lot of uh, football people. So it's interesting that Channel Seven have come out and actually d- done the last couple of All Star games. If you, if, you know, yep. uh, with Jim Wilson, and they haven't done a bad job, by the way. I think you know they'll get better with time. But uh, if they're going to do it. Do it with uh, respect, or else people will not switch on. Well, they they don't care. The, um, they did the Liverpool victory game too, did they? And the is there a Socceroos game of recent times have done? Uh, look, I, as well? yeah, I just know that the All Star games they tend to do. So I'm not sure about the Liverpool game whether that was on Channel Seven or whether that was. Can't yeah, I can't remember that. either. But uh, but anyway, uh, if if free we're going to do it, let's do it properly. Well, well, could they start if they want to dip their toe in the water, Carlos? Considering what we've seen in the last couple of months, would they? be prudent to mm. start investing in the FFA Cup. Yeah, look, we're really excited about the FFA Cup, uh, and the only disappointing thing for me is that the, the fairy tale's ended now. We're going to get uh, Perth Glory versus uh, Adelaide United or Central Coast Mariners in the final, which is great, and you know we're going to get excited about that too. But that romance, that fairy tale, that really engaged everyone. I mean, you know, you've got Channel 9 doing a story on Bentley Greens. You've got you know, the age writing, you know, uh, uh, the age always writes articles on, on football, but I'm just suddenly the, the focus is on a, a National Premier League team rather than an A League team. I mean, they didn't do a story on Perth Glory last night, they did the story no, on. No, no one cares. No one cares, no one cares about, about that. Them. So, we know them. so what, what, what it left me, I mean, obviously they lost 3 0 last night, and uh, even though they were really brave and, and courageous and they've done a fantastic job, and, you know, we've heard all the superlatives about this team and this squad and this group of men. Uh, the issue was they really didn't look like they were going to win that game last night at any point in time. Is that an issue? Uh, well, it is, It is. I think, in the longevity of this. We, we, we need the situation where in England, for example, if a, an EPL side's playing a third division side, that third division side's still full-time professionals. Yeah, well, they're still fit. There's the difference. It's still, they're still within season. So I'm not blaming uh, Bentley Greens or anything like that. But I, I suppose if I was running a, a, a club in the lower leagues right now, and I saw what uh, you know what it could bring to a club like Bentley Greens or like Adelaide, not Adelaide City so much, but uh, Palm Beach Sharks, for example. If you get deep into the competition, St Albans Saints, if you're qualifying for that you know, last 16, suddenly it does bring a lot of kudos to your club. If I was running a club right now, I wonder if you're really a strategic type of person and you see this as a, as a real opportunity to get your club on the map. I wonder what, what you would put in place right now to help you not only you know get to the semi-finals, but with a real from chance VPL, of winning. NPL level. Yeah, from, yeah, anywhere lower than uh, South Springvale is another one, for example. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the full-time aspect of it will be feasible because there's no, no money for it. No. But do you invest more in proper, you know, maybe former A-League players, or do you go after you know young? Sort of, um, you know, young players that are coming through and are destined for, and you invest in that. It's a good question. So, so I mean, people saw the benefits, and yeah. but the Sovlaki sales are through the roof. Uh, absolutely, three thousand people there last night. Uh, all maybe three Sovlakis each. You do the maths. <laughs> Uh, Three silvers. Oh yeah, easy. Jeez, easy. you're bloody hungry. Oh no, no, no. They go get they they go there pretty easily. Those uh, Savlakis. But you know, if you're part of if you're watching this happen and you're a club from MPL down in your league anywhere in Australia, surely you'd be thinking, okay, what what do we need to do 
to actually go deep into this competition and even beat an A-League club. I think the only team from the lower leagues that beat an A-League club was Adelaide City. They beat West Sydney Wanderers, who ended up being champions of Asia. Yep, so but, Adelaide City are better than West Sydney. That's what we're getting at. Yeah, absolutely. They, they're the best team in Asia, Adelaide City. But um, <laughs> well, actually, Bentley will say that they're, better, they're the best team in Asia because they've beaten Adelaide City. They've beat uh, West Sydney Wanderers. So you, you would start thinking, if you're really serious about what you want to do with your club and, and, and want to grow your club, you really start thinking, how do we – strategize here. I know we're not full-time, we don't have the money, but what do we do to mm. give us a better chance? Because last night, Bentley Greens were fantastic, but they didn't look like they could win that game. And for me, that could, if it's going to, if we're going to back up a year after year with that situation, I think it'll wane in two or three years' time. Right. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it from that angle, what it means to to the lower level teams and how they could use this as an opportunity to to branch out. And, and obviously, revenue would, would, would increase because you're going to get more exposure. Therefore, you can charge a bit more with your silvers and your sponsorship yep. and the coverage you're going to get. So, so all of a sudden, qualifying for the FFA Cup is the carrot, is the real dangling carrot because of the opportunities that will open up. It will. And, you know, someone like Bentley Greens now, we got to know their coach as, as a really terrific bloke who represents his club really, really well. We got to know some of their players. Uh, suddenly, young kids in the area might want to join Bentley Greens as their junior club, for example, because of Bentley Greens being on the map. Yeah. And so it, there's a lot of things that can lead. If you've got a strategy around it, uh, from even a, a good cup run could really bring some decent sponsorship to you because suddenly you're on the you know on Australia wide stage. Yeah, you know your training tops. Uh, Paris you, lawyers have an uh, unbelievable time. Yeah, you know Channel Nine's doing stories on Bentley Greens in their news. And imagine if you were the your shirt sponsor for Bentley Greens there. I mean, there's ways of really trying to maximise the benefits from this. And I think. I hope if you're serious about running your club that you're looking at ways of doing it and how you can actually get to a semi-final or a quarter-final and beat A-League clubs in some way. Now, if an A-League club was at its best, they'll always beat the lower league clubs. But we saw with West Indy Wanderers, their mind was elsewhere and Adelaide City beat them. So on any given night, you can actually beat them. And it only happened once this um, this uh, you know cup competition yep. and Bentley met their first A-League opposition in the semi-final. And, you know, unfortunately, they just didn't look like they were going to win it. Actually, I'd love to hear from people involved at uh, lower-level clubs and whether or not this is, has been discussed at committee level, whatever mm. you, board level, whatever you call yourselves at that level, uh, about this opportunity presenting itself and whether or not this is a time to really refocus and re-strategize what your club is and what you want it to be with the opportunities that now present through a competition like the FFA Cup. Um, we'll talk about that after the break, Carlos. A few calls lined up. 19 past one. If you want to have your say, 9429 11 16. We'll talk more about the game last night and the FFA Cup. Bentley Greens, halftime zone, Bentley Greens, <laughs> with uh, our man, Jamie DeBrew, causing havoc down the road. He was mm. all night long. Good player. Uh, not quite able to get the jockeys, but uh, Perth Glory are too good. Considering they're the best team in the country at the moment, sitting atop the A-League table, it's not really a big surprise. But it's a great event nonetheless. Talk more about that after this with Carlos, 20 past one on halftime. The lower leagues have to get better. We have to get more professional to be able to match it with the A-League clubs. and have. You know, I know there's the romance involved, but how good would it be with a, a club that's not, not A-League to be able to make it you know, at least to a final? Now that is the voice of John Anastasiadis, the coach of Bentley Greens, who went down to Perth Glory 3-0 last night at uh, the Kingston Heath Soccer Complex in front of a capacity crowd of 3,300. No more allowed to enter the venue than that. Oh, really? That is a capped limit. Mm. And they got there with 350 kegs of lamb on the sort of likely spit too. 
It's a, it's he's right. That's and, exactly and it's, what it's, I'm. It's what you're saying. Yes, exactly what I'm saying. But the the mechanics of that uh, are difficult from this level, I think, because as you rightly say, those second, third ch- the league um, championship teams in England, a lot of those still would be full time athletes. Whereas these guys are bricklayers, they're sales agents, they're personal trainers, they're whatever they are. Uh, from from the amateur level at this stage, not the amateur level, but semi-professional level at this stage, bridging that gap is going to take time. Regardless of what how you set it up, bridging that gap is going to take some time. So, if if the FFA Cup can't stand um, a decade of of this level, a bit a better level, because they'll see the opportunities, they'll get better coaches, they'll get better players in, offer the opportunity. We can do this now. We're going to put you on the on the national stage. Come to us, the really young, talented players that don't quite make the A League standard. Come to us. We can get you that shop front window to give you a look elsewhere. Yep. We've proven we can do it. This is a huge thing for them for for, for the future for Bentley Greens. Yeah, because they can say to a young, talented kid who's out of the loop a little bit for whatever reason, come to us. We'll get you the chance yep. on national uh, exposure because we've done it. We, yep. we can do this. We're, we're capable. But there's going to be that gap until that point because you can't expect uh, Jamie DeBrew, the personal trainer, yep. to just close his shop because he might play in the FFA Cup semi-final. Yeah, but the thing is, I think uh, the clubs create their own culture. And I think John Anastasiadis knew, however close he was to making the final, he was a million miles away from making the finals because of what he said there. We've got to be more professional. They can be more professional. We've got to get more uh, resources into these clubs, and they can in a, in, a, in a strategic way that you can do it. You don't have to necessarily have the budget of an A-League club because we're talking about beating an A-League club who's having an off day on any given day. Yeah. We're not talking about winning the A-League here. So it's eking out more than what they could do. And John will tell you the story that in the last couple of months, he's lost something like four of his best players, four or six of his best players because they've gone elsewhere, played elsewhere, you know, whatever, whatever the reason was. Yeah. Now... Well, top yeah, that, season, isn't it, for them? Uh, yeah, so this, this, is, this is where I'm thinking, saying, imagine if I kept them. Imagine if we had made this pack, because they did make a pack three weeks ago that they were going to train four nights a week and they were going to forget about everything, make this a priority. Imagine if he had those players and he made that pack six months ago. So this is what I'm saying. It's just one of those ones where the focus has got to be It's hard on, to commit, isn't it? It's yeah, hard to commit yeah, at that level for those, yeah. that time because you're not getting the rewards that the professionals are getting. I mean, yeah. It's a big, big call to make. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, and this is where until that next rung goes full time, you know, I'm dreaming a little bit here. But I think uh, clubs, knowing the clubs at the lower levels, they can get better, and that's what John was saying. Yep. If you can get ten percent better, and you can get a good culture around your club, get a flourishing junior setup going, get some good coaches in there, just tick off a lot of the different facets of what a good club is. Uh, suddenly you're, you're a better chance of beating these A-League clubs who might not be at their best on any one day. Marcus in South Australia is on the open line, 9429-1116. Great to have him listening from across the border, and I think he might be involved at uh, the local level. G'day, Marcus. How are you? Half? Really well, thanks, pal. Appreciate your call. I just got to say, firstly, that uh, my mum would kill me if, if I didn't mention that you. She's a well, we're lifetime Hawthorne supporters, and you were her favourite player when you played. Ah, uh, good on your mum. What's mum's name? Shirley. She'll kick my ass if I don't mention. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Good on you, Shirley. How are you? I'm good, mate. Did you? Did your mum? Did your mum like my football career too? In the pub leagues. Still getting over the fact that I'm now president of a soccer club. Um. Look, I'm, I'm passionate about both games. That, that, that's pretty obvious. But uh, I'm actually involved uh, in soccer in South Australia. Um, I'm from Port Pirie, where uh, yep. I'm the president of one of the two 
clubs here. We previously were a Premier League club in, in South Australia, um, but unfortunately we weren't able to sustain that um, for a lot of the reasons that you've already been discussing. But my, my issue is more, I mean, we're, we're still continuing to try. We play in the amateur league now. Um, and a lot of that, it, a lot of that, the reason that we are in amateur league now is because, um, the state level of the FFA, so, uh, the FFSA, yep. um, just became so difficult to deal with. Um, really, it, it became, uh, give us money and then we'll see you at the end of the year to pick up the next lot of money for next year. And that's disappointing. The support didn't seem to be there. I was also involved in junior soccer, or I was still involved. My kids both play um, in the Piri representative team. And um, we, we find it nearly impossible to get support from the FFSA uh, at junior level. They'll, they'll, uh, we do have Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, uh, Cristiano over here. I was going to say Ronaldo. Yeah, that'd be a good get. Poor yeah, Perry. it would be a great get. No, we have Cristiano who, who manages the junior stuff for the FFSA here in South Australia. And he works extremely hard. Um, but the, the support level to get things done, especially in the regional areas, is not only possible these days. And, uh, I, I just, I agree with you. There is so much upside to, to the, the world game at the moment. Um, we, we actually now rival AFL football to be able to bring people into our clubs. But uh, the, it's, like you said, it's the support level from the top. Basically, the reason I rang earlier was I wanted to say to, to, um, um, oh, Les. to, to Les, sorry, I was going to say Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> He's passed away, unfortunately. But to Les, is that what we're asking the FFA to understand is that, that um, the game doesn't stop a Premier League. Mm. You know, that can't survive, and it's no different to AFL. It cannot survive without clubs like mine. Marcus, can I just jump in there, mate? Uh, look, yeah. if I could, I could speak to. I've been all around Australia talking to people about grassroots clubs, how they run them. Some do it better than others. Some get more support than others within their own community. They all complain about their state associations. They all complain about the FFA, and they've done it for decades. So what I'm saying is, I, I know you've got a point because everyone says this all the time. But what we're saying is, what can clubs do? with the wealth of community resources you have. Now, I'm not talking about money here. We're talking about people, networks, councils, those sort of things, uh, for you to start saying, we can, we can actually make this club more professional. And it's not necessarily done with money. It's done with strategy. It's done with really bringing people together in the community and getting good soccer, uh, football knowledge in there too. So uh, that, I suppose that's, that's the point I'm making because it's not that I, I didn't want to cut you short there, mate, but we hear this all the time. Complaints about state associations and, and national associations are not helping. Mm. Uh, look, I reckon we're going to be saying the same thing in 20 years' time, 30 years' time. Marcus, appreciate the call and, and uh, highlighting it from, from your end, the FFSA. We, uh, I know zero about the FFSA, let alone the FFV. I'm learning about that. So it's, it's news to me, but uh, it seems to be, Carlos, as you say, a common thread amongst the, the, the lower grassroots clubs um, with their associations in their region. Appreciate your call. Great to have you on board there from South Australia. Michael Lynch, who's a soccer scribe with The Age, does great things uh, with The Age for the A-League and, and the like, and soccer in, in Australia is on the line. He's given us a call. G'day, Michael. Yeah, hi Daniel. How are you? Really well, thanks. Hey, Lynchy. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say something about you, Ralphie. Apparently, uh, Ralphie's a producer. Lynchy, I'm Carlos. 
Oh, Carlos, sorry, yeah. Uh, apparently you said uh, it was a pity the age didn't cover the game last night. No. Someone rang me up and told me that uh, <laughs> you, you said something like that. No, Lichie, uh, you've got you to check the guy's hearing because uh, Not sure he said I, I didn't say that at all. I, I don't know in what context I, I talked about the age, but I didn't say that at all, mate. I know you guys do a great job. You're always well, covering it. And we had something on the internet within about five minutes of the final whistle. So uh, I just wouldn't like people to think uh, or get the wrong impression, shall we say. Yeah, just ring up your mate and just tell them to switch on and listen more intently. Yeah, no, I think it might have been a uh, miscommunication there from the listener's end, uh, Michael, as opposed to the dist- distribution end of the information through Carlos. <laughs> He was talking about the age. In fact, in fact, I think you actually were, were giving them a bit of positive, up, yeah. positive feedback yeah. um, as you were discussing the age before. No, no issues there, Lynchy. Great to have you on board, though, and your friend listening. But they need to just uh, go the cotton wool boat <laughs> and get, clear out what's going on there in the ears. 28 to 2. Carlos is with us. Plenty to talk about with Carlos. And there's calls lining up to have a chat to you about the situation at play too, Carlos. And we'll take them after this on Halftime. 22 to 2. Uh, Carlos Alberto Diego is with us. Don't forget the boys back tonight from 11 o'clock for Diego's till midnight every Wednesday on SEN. Pete's in Deer Park. He wants to talk to you, Carlos. Hello, Pete. Uh, hi. Uh, the league referee, Carlos, I'm upset about the non-existent penalty awarded to Newcastle Jets against Melbourne Victory by the referee. Uh, the standard of some of the referees in the A-League of, is of such poor quality that they should be held under more scrutiny by FFA. They, there should be a detailed examination of their performance. The, the A-League has a tribunal that can suspend players retrospectively. In, in some cases, uh, maybe this tribunal should be bolstered and also be tasked to monitor all the referees in the A-League and mark them accordingly on performance basis. And at the end of the season, the poorest performing referee should be required to undergo compulsory, intensive retraining. And if they continue to underperform, they should be let go. A lot of frustration at the referees this year, Carlos. And well put there, Peter. I I get frustrated too, and I think the players and the coaches do, given the fact that I think the A-League's gone that next level this season, and uh, the referees at times don't seem to have gone that next level. But to make you a little bit more calmer there, Peter, I know that every Monday uh, they have uh, telephone hookups right around Australia with all the referees, and uh, Eugene Brazali and I saw um, Ben Wilson's, I think, the other referee, the head of referees, they sit with the players and they go, uh, with the referees, they go frame by frame through controversial moments. So that's the way you professionally develop the referees. But uh, it's going to take a while. Um, I know we had a situation a couple of weeks ago where Ben William, uh, Wilson um, sent off uh, uh, Petrovic from, uh, uh, from Sydney, Sydney FC, FC. FF, yep. uh, with the FFA Cup yep. and um, that midweek game. And I think he... Uh, refereed in the country the next weekend. So, uh, right. yeah, so he was demoted for so that weekend. Promotion relegation system going on the refereeing. Too. I think they do. So, uh, look, it, it's one of those ones where, you know, you just got to get. I mean, I thought uh, Shred Ray Dolosky had a really good game in the. Was it the Derby? A couple of weeks ago, uh, I thought he had a really good game uh, in a really heated heated sort of uh, cauldron of a game, whatever it was. I can't remember. What, what it was. And, but then he wasn't so good on the weekend. So I think, uh, yeah, we've got to keep on working about it. But we still get the same criticism of uh, referees in professional, you know, more professional countries in, in England, for example, and, yep. and in Europe too. So uh, I think it's one of those things that referees are always going to cop it. Uh, but, you know, uh, we, I suppose we want to just make them as competent as possible. Yeah, well, they, like players, will make mistakes. It's just a matter of eradicating the, the big ones, particularly, and trying to minimise the amount of them. Thanks, Pete, for your call. Tim's in sunshine. Hello, Tim. 
Oh, good day, boys. Let's get back on the topic. Uh, Carlos, loved you when you played at Werribee, mate. You were my idol. Oh, what about me, Tim? Ah, <laughs> uh, look. Uh, <laughs> what, 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 what can we say, mate? I was one with, of the great... With big uh... shorts, with big shorts um, Carlos used to wear them at Werribee, mate. So, I'd wear the tight you know, shorts. I was the tightest short man. <laughs> That's why I the Italian community. Sorry, the um, Spanish community. Um, I think my biggest... My, my strategy for uh, the groups are new, newly emerging communities. I've got synthetic grounds, i.e. Spring Hills, Keelor, and they've got about 650-plus kids. I think what they need to do to expedite them having a vision of being one of these big clubs is to align themselves with some existing clubs, i.e. Melbourne Knights. So we get these feeder systems or Altona Magic or George Cross or whoever to, to expedite so we've got a great junior development program coming up so when the teams have got a large nest of groups of kids to pick for their number one team and I think it's the only way to go so you've got the best kids within the area naturally they'll go to youth league in uh, Melbourne City or Victory those who don't who are probably not ready there's another feeder system below that to assist them and only then when you've got a good core group because you look at Bentley Greens you go for the list of their players a lot of them are ex youth league players who unfortunately haven't taken the next step that John Anastasiadis has recruited and moulded and banned for something. I think, I think that's the next phase. Oh, Tim, I think that it's a terrific idea, but uh, I have heard that a lot of times over you know, the last 10, 15, 20 years, it, it really requires people of, to be of the same mind and putting egos aside and actually having that hierarchy and respecting each level of the hierarchy and knowing your place in the hierarchy. Is that the issue, Carlos, ego? It is. I think it is a lot of ego. Everyone thinks they can do it better and uh, everyone likes to have their, their little empire you know, if I if I want to use those terms, and uh, and uh, unfortunately, you know, I, I just don't know whether human nature, especially in the football sense at the grassroots level, would allow people to put all that aside and do what's you know and, and set up a pathway, as Tim pointed out, because that that's really a no brainer. That's how you should do it. But uh, I don't know whether we're ready for that yet. Hey Tim, I liked your call. I thought you were very, very good, very polished. And even though you like Carlos's career better than mine, I'm going to reward you with a $100 voucher to Rubira's Restaurant, the freshest and best seafood in town, 192 Station Street in Port Melbourne, or the new one, the new Rubira's at 480 Victoria Street in North Melbourne. To book, just Google Rubira's, and the rest is easy. But uh, that's coming your way. Tim, stay on the line. We'll get your details, Carlos. What we might do is get to another break because after that, I want to have a good chat about the A League situation and even um, this this fairy tale within the EP. It continues to roll on. Now, I know you say I'm not looking too deep into the table before Christmas. <laughs> and I, I get that. I respect your opinion on that. But Southampton, what they are doing this year is bordering on extraordinary. And I think we should spend some time devoted to the boys at Southampton. Back shortly. 12-2, Carlos Alberto Diego is with us talking the World Game. Carlos, the A-League on the weekend, uh, we had a big result for the team just up the road here, Melbourne City. Melbourne City, big win, important win, 3-1 over Brisbane. What does that do for them, do you reckon? Oh, it's fantastic, and the way they did it was terrific. I mean, uh, we were talking about them having some authority, and when it went, uh, when they got to 2-1, they went 2-0 up, and that for me wasn't the test. It's when they conceded one and see how they were going to go, and for a little bit they were sort of pushed back 
into their own half, and they were, there's a little bit of panic there, but then they settled. And I thought uh, bringing young Marino on and a few of the changes that Van Skip made really settled that side, and they came back, rather than sitting back and panicking, they came back and scored a fantastic third goal to really clinch the game. I thought that was as good as they've played uh, for a long, long time, so that was really terrific. Do we blame, here's a question for you. Yes. Do we blame David yep. to for the start of the season they had? Yep. If we had more time, I'd love that to be a talkback topic. We well, can do that tonight with the boys from mm. eleven o'clock on the Four Diego's. Now I'm, I'm only a bit facetious; I don't know enough about it to to give you an answer on that. But uh, they did seem to play a bit differently. I don't know. A bit freer, a bit. A bit, a bit, uh, bit yeah, there yeah, seemed to be an air of yeah, freedom. Yeah, and uh, and I think you know, I suppose any team with the criticism they've copped in the first four weeks, uh, especially in the last two weeks. I think any team would respond if they're you're a professional footballer. So it really depends on what they do from now on. Yeah. But, uh, but that was the sort of win they needed away from home against a Brisbane team. Reigning champions, haven't won anything yet. In front of their home crowd, there's a big win. Now, they stink at the moment, Brisbane. There's not, mm. Had it been Sydney FC, Adelaide, or the victory, it yep. would have been much more impressive. But Brisbane at the moment, along with the West Sydney Wanderers, the two grand finalists, we yep. know the Wanderers have had a big campaign in Asia. We understand that. And they've been, uh, their minds have been elsewhere, as you said before. But they're sitting... Winless on the bottom of the table. Yeah, and they haven't recovered from uh, losing Barisha and uh, Frenich. They're the two, and this week also they've uh, well, Liam, uh, Miller's, Liam Miller's uh, left and uh, apparently unhappy. One of his contract cancelled, and uh, he's joined up on a short-term contract with Melbourne City now. Mm. So, uh, look, I think a team they're going to really be uncomfortable now in that change room. They're going to make each other uncomfortable. We saw Stefanudo and the and the goalkeeper Young. Um, having a crack at each other, you know, on the ground after the yeah. game. So you know that there's going to be some soul-searching going Stress. on there. And I don't mind that so much because it just shows the players are really frustrated and they've got to do something about it. Keeping the rooms, Carlos, keeping the rooms. Yep. Uh, just on the Wanderers, they start their uh, make-up games, their catch-up games next week. So uh, as well as having the Asian Champions League fixtures on top of their A-League start to the season, now they've got to make up the games they missed because they yep. had to be playing the, the Champions League fixtures. So their year's just going to be a debacle, isn't it, physically? I mean, oh, it's yeah. a huge uh, test for them. Physically. World Club Champions. Championship's coming up in December that's too, true, so yeah. uh, that's another one. But look, you know, that's what you play professional football for. Anyone who whinges about that, you know, really? Really? You know, someone like me, I'd be killing to play m- m- many more games. I know I'm being really simplistic about the whole thing, but don't complain about playing big games. You're a professional footballer. Not big games, lots of games. Lots of games, but big games. World Club Championship, oh, they could be playing all... a Real Madrid. Don't tell me you're tired. I'm tired. Don't tell me you're fatigued, fatigued. or jaded. I'm jaded. You're playing, you're going to play against Real Madrid. Or one of the big clubs around the world, uh, you know, just embrace it. Go for it. And I think, by the way, to be fair to Tony Popovich, yeah. he is embracing it. He's taken a positive view with the whole thing. And I think uh, this is just a, a spell in their season where it's a little bit cluttered. Uh, they've just got to get over it if they're, you know, if they're as good as what we think they are. I think his job's on the line going down to Wellington <laughs> on the weekend. Uh, Melbourne victory drew two all with Newcastle after being 2-0 down, Carlos. What would you make of that performance? I reckon there's an opportunity loss for victory. I watched that game and, uh, you know, Newcastle were, were plucky and they, you know, plucky. they were leading and all that sort of stuff. But I thought victory just didn't have the mojo in the first 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, but then, you know, Barisha came into the game uh, Ben Kalafa was fantastic. Uh, you know, I, I just think that they probably walked away saying, okay, we took a point, we came back, showed a lot of resilience in that respect, but, uh, you know, that Newcastle side's not a good side and they really should have won that game. Right, Perth Glory, uh, top of the table. We mentioned them before about the FFA Cup, but they beat Central Coast at home in a fairly lacklustre performance, uh, Be it must be said, but they're atop the table. Are they um, contenders? 
Well, yeah, with Andy Keogh in the side, and Marinkovic, he scored, uh, he scored two last night. If you saw the one, one the first, the first one was pigeonholed, a yeah. fantastic. Unbelievable. Did the same thing on the weekend, by the way. This guy does it, these pigeonholes for fun. For fun. <laughs> he does. And, uh, and so he's a great player. And uh, look, you know, if you've got a couple of uh, guys who can score goals and, uh, and a tough defence with Vukovic in goals and uh, Dan um, Dubic in, in defence, uh, plus Michael Thwaite, suddenly, and some kiddies running around, the Silvers in there, McLaren's in there scoring some goals. They got, they're sort of up and, up and about at the moment. I just want to see those old crowds for Perth Glory and the old inner cell when they get 18 to 20,000, 25,000, 40,000 to finals. I want to see those crowds back at Perth. Then I'll know. Does NIB Stadium hold that? Uh, I'm not sure, but they, it looks look it looks half empty every time and uh, and they have at least 12, ten to 12,000 going to their games. So yeah. that, that tends to be their attendance. So you'd think it'd hold 20,000 and, uh, you know, suddenly they've got a side with some good players, uh, some players that are going to excite the crowd. So you know, any Western Australians out there listening to us right now, go and support your team. I want to see the big crowds of the old NSL. There are plenty of Western mm. Australians that listen to the show, funnily enough, and we appreciate that. Adelaide Sydney with the other game on the weekend, nothing, nothing. Um, but two of the best teams ah. in form at the moment, playing at a, a draw. Yeah, Adelaide United, terrific again. Uh, Sydney hung in there. That's why they've improved since other years, because they used to fall apart when they weren't... Is that uh, the only dom- factor? Uh, I, I just thought Adelaide, Adelaide's just a terrific side. They remind me of uh, of the Brisbane Roar when they were in their heyday a few years ago when they were winning everything and, and bossing possession. But this side here, don't only just build up to the back. Their diagonal balls, uh, you know, changing the point of direction from one side of the field to the other and getting behind full backs. That's as good as I've seen. They did it to Melbourne City. They played with Melbourne City a couple of weeks ago. They toyed with them. Toy. Uh, yeah, keeping possession, not only short stuff, but the longer stuff. And they really do bamboozle teams. And uh, City did well to stay in the, in the the game and in the end they were a little bit unlucky with Petkovic scoring uh, with a quick free kick uh, but was disallowed because yeah. the referee didn't uh, they said he uh, was he that said, the right call by the way oh yeah apparently referee said to the player on the ball not Petkovic the player on the ball that don't kick it until I blow the whistle Petkovic didn't hear that he just went ahead and right. kicked it okay. uh, so the referee apparently uh, made the right decision but it wasn't apparent to everyone at the time right okay fair enough this weekend we'll just get through the games uh, quickly before we have Chat about Southampton after the break, Carlos. Uh, Newcastle, Brisbane. Geez, you'd think the Brisbane. I don't rate Newcastle at all. So you think of Brisbane, even away from home, will get those points. Adelaide at home to Wellington. Adelaide. Uh, Sydney FC, Melbourne victory is going to be a cracker. Uh, decimated by uh, yeah, another argument. If we had more time for talkback, uh, it's not a FIFA International weekend for A League teams. So teams are decimated with international uh, players going off on international duty, not only for Australia and under-23s, but also New Zealand and all the other nationalities. So, uh, yeah, we won't see the best of the two teams, but uh, I think in the end it'll be a draw. Draw. Perth host West Sydney. Interesting game, this one too. Uh, I don't know if West Sydney Wanderers are uh, uh, rested enough yet, so I'll go for Perth at home. Perth haven't been rested. They've played two games in three days. No, no, dear Perth, but they're... (laughs) I'm talking about guys who are travelling to Saudi Arabia right. and playing and stuff. Right, okay. And Melbourne City host Central Coast Sunday. Got to back up Melbourne City. I'm backing them. Right, I'll uh, back shortly with Carlos. Now, Carlos, what I've, um, I've done, is leave a shorter time to talk about Southampton, but uh, their performance so far in the Premier League, eight wins out of 11 games. They're, they're only four points behind the almighty Chelsea at the minute, mm. atop the table. And uh, from your point of view, you'd be sitting there with a big Cheshire grin on your face too because <laughs> only seven points behind them in fourth are the mighty yep. West Hammers. Well, the first time in decades, I actually have quietly been looking at the ladder before oh, Christmas. Oh, hang on. Don't go <laughs> Only because the Hammers are in, the, in and about there. Don't change your formula now, And Carlos. by the way, they've got a backstory too. West Ham probably had the worst pre-season in the history of world football for any team in world football history. <laughs> they got beaten by Wellington Phoenix. 
Sydney FC. Well, they're Sydney Wanderers, the Asian champions. That's no surprise. Yeah, but I'm just saying West Ham. I don't know what Sam Allardyce has done, but they're. Very, very good at the moment. Well, looking forward Keep to hearing... Keep a lid on it, though. Keep a lid on it. Looking forward to hearing all about that on the 4 Diego tonight from 11. Now, you're in Japan next week for the Friendly. Live from Japan. I'll be doing it for you next week. I am very much looking forward to hearing from you because we might touch base on the Tuesday before the game and then review the Wednesday as well. So we uh, look forward to seeing you there or talking to you there. Carlos, have a great time. Thanks, mate. Carlos Alberto Diego, the World Game on Halftime every Tuesday from 1 o'clock. It's 2 o'clock. It's news time. Yeah, I've got a spring in my pants.